Have you ever read a scripture in the Old Testament and thought, what is this about? Well, some of the Psalms are like that because when we read them, they didn't make no sense unless you see Jesus in that Psalm. Hey, my name is George Crabb. Welcome to my channel. This channel is all about how we find Jesus in all of the scriptures. Right now we're doing a series called Road to Emmaus where we're looking at Jesus in, in all of the scriptures, starting in Moses, the books of Moses, right? Genesis, uh, Leviticus, Deuteronomy, Exodus, you know, look at all those five books and then also at the prophets and the Psalms. And right now we're in the Psalms, you guys. And this is so exciting because we're going to look at Psalm 45 in this episode. 45. This one is known as the royal psalm or like the king's psalm. And it's about a king, the future king of Israel and his bride coming together for this great feast, this marriage feast. And it speaks of the end when Jesus comes back for his bride. Because if you're a Christian, you are the bride of Christ. And I am the bride of Christ. I don't like I know it's weird. If you're a man, I understand. It seems a little bit weird, right, to be called a bride. But don't think of it that way. Just think of it as it's a, a very close relationship and a family. This is how much Jesus adores you and how much he loves you and how he wants to spend eternity, the Creator, spend eternity with you. All right? So let's look at Psalm 45. All right. To the choir master... The, the choir master is like the choir master, like the choir master of the universe. In other words, this could even mean God. Like some scholars believe it means God being the choir master for this great uh, song, basically. According to the lilies, a maskil, and that says probably a, a musical or liturgical term, of the sons of Korah, we know that those, that was the, the Levite uh, tribe, the priestly tribe, and they wrote some of these psalms, as we know. And it is a love song. And it says, my heart overflows with a pleasing theme. I, I address my verses to the king. My tongue is like the pen of a ready writer or scribe. Isn't that awesome? The, the poetic language in this is so good. And this psalm, my friend, is all about Jesus. You know, a lot of psalms, you have to look for Jesus in them, but not this one. This one is all about him. And you're going to see that even more clearly. And by the way, it is in the New Testament as well. And it does refer to Jesus in that. So, hey, if you haven't subscribed yet, hit that subscribe button down below. You'll get all the latest episodes. Um, we're doing a series, like I said, on how to find Jesus in the Old Testament right now. So I'm real excited about this. If that's something that interests you, please consider subscribing, all right? And then hit that little bell that gives you all the alerts. And um, and you can feel free to comment anytime any of you. If you disagree with something, I want to hear about it if you agree Hey, I'd love to hear about it too, or just any comments or questions you may have. I want to hear from you. All right? All right, let's continue in the psalm. So verse 3, gird your sword. Oh, I'm sorry. Let's go to verse 2. Missed one here. We don't want to miss any of these. So verse 2, you are the most handsome of the sons of men. Grace is poured upon your lips. Therefore, God has blessed you forever. Gird your sword on your thigh, O mighty one, in your splendor and majesty. So he's got a sword here, right? He's a king. 
He's, he's God. You're going to see that in this scripture as well. And he has a sword. He's girded with a sword as well. Well, that's very interesting to me because in the book of Revelation, we see the Son of God coming and he has, and it says he's girded with the sword as well. I'm going to look at those scriptures later. We're going to see how it all ties together. All right. So verse four, in your majesty, ride out victoriously for the cause of truth and meekness and righteousness. Let your right hand teach you awesome deeds. Your arrows are sharp in the heart of the king's enemies. The peoples fall under you. Wow. You know, it's interesting to me that in Acts chapter 2, when Peter was preaching to the 3,000 plus men, and many of them became saved that day, that it says that their hearts were, were, they were cut to the heart. And the word of God does that, right? And like with Stephen, same thing. When Stephen was being martyred, it says that they were cut to the heart, or it was like arrows uh, going into the heart of the enemies. That, that's another way of saying it. So it's just so interesting to me, all these parallels in here. And then verse 6, Your throne, O God, is forever and ever. The scepter of your kingdom is the scepter of uprightness. And then verse 7, you have loved righteousness and hated wickedness. Therefore, your God has anointed you with the oil of gladness beyond your companions. Your robes are all fragrant with myrrh and aloes and cessia. From ivory places, string instruments make you glad. And then verse 9, the daughters of kings are among your ladies of honor. At your right hand stands the queen in gold of Ophir. The gold of Ophir was this very special kind of gold. It was very sought after in this time. We're not exactly sure where that is, but it, we know that it meant a very valuable and precious kind of gold. So here we're seeing the queen uh, she stands in the gold of over. She's she's dressed in the greatest gold, the most precious gold. Hear, O daughter, and consider and incline your ear. Forget your people and your father's house. And the king will desire your beauty, since he is your Lord. Bow to him. Wow. It says in the Bible that every knee shall bow, every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. And then verse 12, the people of Tyre will seek your favor with gifts and the riches of the people. And all the glories, glories is the princess in her chamber with robes of interwoven with gold. Wow. In many colored robes, she is led to the king with her virgin companions following her. So it says that she's clothed in fine linen in, in other, uh, other translations, like the New King James Version, for instance. It says that she's clothed in fine linen. And, and we see that in the book of Revelation, too. It's so good when you see this. So Psalm 45 was always known as the royal psalm. This was always known as that. And uh, in, even in Israel's history with the rabbis and all that, they believed that this was Israel's anointed king, uh, his marriage to a foreign Gentile princess from Tyre in Phoenicia. Uh, 
And then the virgins who follow her are also brought to the king, which is very interesting because Revelation chapter 14 calls the 144,000 uh, uh, Jewish followers of Jesus Christ, calls them virgins as well. So this was a song of God's choice for the king of Israel, of the role in establishing divine rule and of his splendor as he awaited his bride. That's what Jesus is doing right now, my friend. He's awaiting his bride. If you are a Christian, you are the bride of Christ. I am the bride of Christ. His church, his church is called the bride of Christ. We are awaiting our king and we are close to him, my friends. That's why we get spared from the wrath of God, which is coming to the whole face of the earth someday. Uh, we will be spared from that as his bride. So it's so good, you guys. So that's what this meant in, in, in ancient Israel. It was, um, it was about his splendor as he waited his bride. The psalm was also, it was kept in the collection when there was no king reigning in Israel. There was no king. And it came to be known as the psalm for the king who was to come, the Messiah of Israel. Isn't that interesting? So. The whole psalm is about Jesus. We're seeing him all over it, and there's no need to look for him. Like some of the psalms, you kind of have to look for a scripture that refers to Jesus, but the whole psalm, this whole royal psalm, as it's called, is all about him and his second coming for his bride. So good. All right, so let's look at verse 15. And with joy and gladness, they are led along as they enter the palace of the king. And that was speaking of those virgins that come in following the bride. Because we know the bride of Christ gets raptured into heaven first, caught up to be with the Lord first. But then later, the virgins, the 144,000 Jewish believers, they come as well as the tribulation saints, the Gentiles who believe during that tribulation period. All right, so... Verse 15, with joy and gladness, they are led along as they enter the palace of the king. In, the, uh, in place of your fathers shall be your sons, and you will make them princes in all the earth. Wow. So this speaks of us ruling and reigning with the Lord as he comes back to rule this earth, my friends. And then the last verse, verse 17, and I will cause your name to be remembered in all generations, Therefore, the nations will praise you forever. So there's some key verses in this Psalm 45, and, um, and it's, it's where it says that, uh, Hear, O daughter, and consider and incline your ear. Forget your people and your father's house. So we want to forget your father. You wanna, it's like you want to forget the world, okay? Forget the world. This is your, your, your groom, the, the groom from God. Jesus Christ is coming for you. He's coming to rescue you and to take you up into paradise, to be in heaven with him. So we need to forget this world and all the problems of this world. It's not going to, it has no effect on us as believers. And then over here in verse six, these are the key two verses right here. And, um, and this is where the New Testament quotes it, referring to this psalm as a psalm all about Jesus. So here it is. So verse 6, Your throne, O God, is forever and ever. 
The scepter of your kingdom is a scepter of uprightness. You have loved righteousness and hated wickedness. Therefore, God, your God, has anointed you. Whoa, 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 whoa. Now, why would God say, therefore, God, your God has anointed you? Remember, hear, O Israel, the Lord your God is one, one God. We only have one God. That's true. But here it speaks of the Trinity. That's why the doctrine of the Trinity is totally correct, because there's God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, and He is God. Those three personalities, yet one God. So here it's showing us that. So it's it's in Psalm, in the Psalms. This is not the New Testament, but the New Testament will quote it. But it says, therefore, God, your God has anointed you. Therefore, you could say, therefore, son of God, your father God has anointed you with the oil of gladness beyond your companions. Or it could be the Holy Spirit anointing you. You know, the oil, the Holy Spirit, how Jesus was baptized and the Holy Spirit fell upon him and anointed him. So it's in God's all, he's in perfect unity. So it doesn't matter. He What he does is in perfect unity, like with the Son, the Father with the Son, and the Son with the Holy Spirit. It's always in perfect unity. So let's go to the, the New Testament scriptures where we see that. And that's in Hebrews chapter 1, and it's in verse 8. And here it says, the author of Hebrews says, But... Of the Son, he says, your throne, O God, is forever and ever. The scepter of uprightness is the scepter of your kingdom. And you have loved righteousness and hated wickedness. Therefore, God, your God, has anointed you with the oil of gladness beyond your companions. So the author of Hebrews is showing us in this first chapter of Hebrews all these places of how how Jesus is greater than the angels, greater than all and um, and here he's he's quoting that very psalm, Psalm 45, referring it to Jesus Christ. It's so good. All right, now let's look at that Revelation verse. So in Revelation chapter 19, verse 7, we're seeing the 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 Lord come back as a mighty king and a great warrior, and he's coming back to rule this earth, and he's coming back with us, his bride. And here it says in in verse 7, Let us rejoice and exult and give him the glory. For the marriage of the Lamb has come, and his bride has made herself ready. And it was granted to her, it was granted to her to clothe herself with fine linen, bright and pure. For the fine linen is the righteous deeds of the saints. So that, that princess, that queen from from Tyre, speaking of this Gentile queen who comes to the king of Israel in Psalm 45, it said that she was clothed in fine linen. And here we're seeing the same thing in the book of Revelation. And then there's one more Revelation tie into Psalm 45. It's This is so good. Don't you love this? I love finding Jesus in the Old Testament. I know you do too. All right. So in Revelation chapter 14, we see, Then I looked, and behold, on Mount Zion stood the Lamb, and with him 144,000 who had his name and his father's name written on their foreheads. Remember in an earlier chapter, I think it was chapter 7, we see that there was 144,000 Jewish men and women who become the sealed of God. In other words, they, there's 12,000 of them from each tribe. And he actually lists the tribe in there in, 
some other religions, I think the Jehovah's Witnesses, they believe that they were the 144,000 selected? No, because which tribe do you come from? You would have to tell me which tribe you are of, if that's you. Or some in the church believe it's spiritual, like they're spiritual Israel. Well, then again, which tribe are you? No, God specifically laid it out there, and he said 12,000 from this tribe, 12,000 from the tribe of Joseph, 12,000 from the tribe of Judah. He, he named them by tribe, and you better know which one it is if you're claiming that you are the 144,000 or spiritual Israel. It makes no sense. You're not. So here we're going to look at this. So the uh, here in verse 2 it says of uh, chapter 14 in Revelation, And I heard a voice from heaven like the roar of many waters and the, like the sound of thunder. And the voice I heard was like the sound of harpists playing their harps. And they were singing a new song before the throne and before the four living creatures and before the elders. And no one could learn that song except the 144,000, these Jewish believers, who had been redeemed from the earth. And it is these who have not defiled themselves with women, for they are the virgins. It is these who follow the Lamb wherever he goes, and these have been redeemed from mankind as first fruits of God and the Lamb. Isn't that good, you guys? So here, remember in Psalm 45, there was the Gentile bride that came from Tyre, and she was adorned in fine linen. And now we're seeing the, the virgins come in in Psalm 45 after the Gentile bride. And, and here in Revelation, we're seeing that same thing. It's so good. I love these scriptures. Don't you love this? How God put all this together for us, and he has so many gems hidden in the Old Testament. And that's why we're doing this, you guys. It's so exciting. All right. All right, so this is the conclusion of this episode. Um, we're going to keep going in the Psalms, and we're going to keep finding Jesus in more Psalms. Um, we have Psalm 45 we just covered. We did Psalm 22 already. That's a really powerful episode. Check it out. I have one that's called Tolashani. It's about the crimson worm of uh, verse 6 of Psalm 22. I'm a worm and no man. This little creature shows us a picture of Jesus. Believe it or not, it's really good. All right, so... Um, we're going to be going through some more of these psalms, and then we're going to be going into the prophets, into Isaiah. We're going to be looking at Ezekiel, Daniel, um, Zechariah, and Malachi, and it's going to be so good. I promise you, you're going to gain so much out of it, you guys. All right, so God bless you, and hey, God bless his kingdom coming to this world soon, my friend. God bless you. <laughs>